Hey legends, welcome along to the Skin Me Up Body. I'm your host, Rodney Stewart. So we're getting on to Star Trek, the original series. Once again, we're still on season one of it with episode 20. It's called Court Martial. Great episode. It's very, very simple premise in this one. Uh, the Enterprise is at Starbase 11. It's there for repairs after being damaged in an ion storm. But during the storm, Captain Kirk was forced to eject a research pod uh, containing Lieutenant Commander Benjamin Finney and a search party was unable to find Finney and Commodore Stone, commander of the base, revealed that the ship's records uh, discovers that Kirk ejected the pod while the ship was at yellow alert and not red alert as Captain Kirk has claimed and I'm very swiftly going through this uh, episode tonight because I don't have a lot of time I should have had this up about an hour ago but uh, it's my own friggin stupidity this wound up <laughs> been so late so essentially uh, with uh, Starfleet re regulations uh, they should have been on red alert before uh, he ejected the pod and they He's claiming that he, he gave them an appropriate amount of time. He went through the right steps as captain with the yellow alert. Gave Finney the warning to get out of the pod to safety. And uh, yes, he should have been on red alert before he actually released it. But the records of the Enterprise are showing that there was actually a yellow alert. So Stone accuses Kirk of perjury and warns him that he may be subject to court-martial. Uh, so... Stone then interviews Kirk privately, uh, asking about his history with Finney. Uh, Kirk has served with Finney aboard the USS Republic and well before he was captain and he reported a mistake Finney had made, put it on record, and that caused Finney to be reprimanded and sent to the bottom of the promotion list. And ever since, Finney has blamed Kirk for hindering his advancement. Uh, this is... Well, this is what you eventually find out in the episode, but uh, Stone and Kirk... Stone asks Kirk, sorry, to voluntarily step down as captain of the Enterprise, but Kirk disputes the allegations and he demands a court-martial. So at the trial, both Spock and Dr. McCoy defend Kirk's character, uh, but testify to the facts that Kirk had reasoned to resent Finney. Uh, you know, there's a lot of... They don't want to do it, but the uh, prosecution is very good at uh, getting them to not say something against Kirk because they want to say something against Kirk, but you know, through the regulations of what happened and whatnot. Um, yeah, so... Uh, they managed to get Spock and Dr. McCoy to testify to the facts that Kirk had reason to, rep to resent Finney. And is it possible for the ship's computer log to be wrong? And, uh, yeah. So, uh, that's a back and forth and whatnot. does not look good for Kirk. Every character witness that comes up, there's, uh, as much as they want to defend them, there's just something there that kind of points the finger at him as well. Finney's daughter, Jamie, looks on uh, Samuel 
T. Cogley, Kirk's attorney, puts him on the stand. But again, Kirk's testimony contradicts the computer logs, which include a visual recording that shows Kirk ejecting the pod while the ship was on red alert. So it's damning evidence against him right there. Uh, during the recess, Kirk tells Spock that he might be able to beat his next captain at chess, giving Spock an idea. Uh, Mr. Spock discovers that he's able to beat the Enterprise computer several times at three-dimensional chess, despite having the computer having given the computer all his knowledge of the game. He concludes that the computer has been tampered with, as his best outcome should have been a draw. Uh, Spock arrives with his findings before the court-martial verdict can be handed down, and Cogley makes an impassioned speech on the rights of man versus machine, demanding that the court reconvene aboard the Enterprise. So once there, Spock notes that only three people could have altered the computer records on board the Enterprise, Kirk himself and Finney, and Cogley suggests that Finney is not dead. Uh, at this point, the crew has been beamed down to Starbase 11, and it only leaves whoever's on the bridge and control of the Enterprise. Uh, so Dr. McCoy uses this sensitive audio device tied to the computer that can detect a human heartbeat aboard the ship. So you hear all these thumps, 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 and it's just it's a whole string of noise. And uh, they explain this is the, the heartbeats of everybody on board. So uh, McCoy goes around everybody on the bridge, puts this device to their chests, scans their heartbeat and whatnot, and the computer is able to take that out of the sound that you're hearing on the bridge. Uh, yeah, so one heartbeat remains. He's took all the heartbeats out of everybody in the bridge, which means beyond them, there's nobody else on the Enterprise. It should be completely silent. But one heartbeat remains coming from the engineering section. So they figure out Finney is alive. He's still down there. So Kirk goes to end, uh, end the whole situation. And he finds Finney, who draws a phaser and informs him uh, that he has sabotaged the ship so she'll drop out of orbit. Uh, the thing is now, because there's no crew in the Enterprise, she's orbiting the planet. But if there's nobody there to, you know, keep the, the ship in a proper orbit, you know, any little course corrections here and there, it'll eventually go on to a decaying orbit. And of course they, uh, you know, funny, he's willing to destroy the Enterprise just to get back at Kirk. Kirk reveals that Funny's daughter Jamie is also on board. This was his uh, hidden move here, uh, was to bring her on board the ship. If Finney's there, he's not going to let her get harmed. Uh, this confusing Funny, giving Kirk the time to wrestle the weapon away. And they have their first fight at the end of the episode. And, you know, after Funny is secured, Kirk repairs the damage, whatever Funny's done down in the engine room. He's, like, he's going to put the Enterprise into a spiral, whether I like it or not. But Kirk manages to repair whatever damage he's done. At the end of the episode, Kirk is cleared of all charges and restored to duty. So that is a very, very swift little run-through of this episode. Uh, 
Unbelievable. 1967. Like, I know how old that show was. I'm not stupid. But it... Uh, you know, it looks dated in places, but since they did the, the updated visual effects to the series, it's, you know... It lasts well, like as aged like a fine wine, unbelievable. So, uh, yes, the the woman that was against Kirk in this as the defence was uh, Lieutenant Ariel Shaw, who uh, he had a romantic, a little bit of a romantic history with. And at the end of the episode, they managed to, you know, kiss and make up as well. So. Uh, Finishes off with the everybody happy, happy as Larry at the end of it. So the the script was originally entitled Court Martial and Starbase Eleven. Uh, I'm just going through some of the stuff that I'm finding of it online here about it. Um, let me see. This episode was originally commissioned by producer Gene Elkin as a cheap single set episode. You do find that. And a lot of Star Trek shows, um, even the newer ones, uh, you know, just as big budget shows like these, you can't go flat out and mad set pieces and, you know, crazy visual effects for all the episodes. There's always a few in there that will be small, simple little episodes that can be produced quickly and cheaply. This was one of them. And it was very, very well done. Um, uh, let me see now. Uh, however, the final version of the script required several new sets to be built, not to mention uh, a matte painting of Starbase 11. For the final version, four new sets were built. Kirk's quarters in the Starbase, Commodore Stone's office, the Starfleet bar, and the courtroom itself. So, you know, for an episode that was... Scripted to be a money saver. Sounds like it could have been fairly expensive at the end of it. Um, Irish Cook Jr. had difficulty memorising his long dramatic appeals to the court. Many of his speeches in the script are not present in the aired version. And some of those that were filmed frequently cut away from him to the court. You know, uh, yes, so... If he kept forgetting lines and whatnot, and that's a trick I've used in the past. I've done a, a couple of little short film projects, nothing major, like zero budget nonsense. But I have found that if uh, somebody has forgetting lines and whatnot, you end up with like multiple takes or something. You can have about ten to fifteen different versions of the same speech, and sometimes the best way to get the best result as to take segments out of like seven to ten of these and mash them together and the best way to do that uh, to keep the continuity is to cut back to something else or cut away to something else like you'll, you'll visually take the viewer's eyes and put it on something else and then you come back in and as far as you the viewer is concerned that's the exact same speech uh, but it's a completely different take so I love Reading this sort of stuff and hearing that sort of stuff. Um, this is the first episode to refer to the organization of main characters as part of a Starfleet. Uh, top of the hierarchy of Starfleet Command. It is also the first appearance 
of a star base in the series. Uh, previously, the name of the Enterprise's service had varied, such as the conscience of the king, where it was referred to as a star service. So, you know, there's little bits and pieces that have changed here and there over time. And, yeah, probably something that I've actually considered while watching the shows, but, you know, whenever you actually see it written down there, uh, yeah. So, you know, it's kind of strange, too, like, just uh, how much of a, a staple Star Trek is in pop culture. And if you're going through something like this here and you're looking up all the old episodes from the original series and you're looking at the behind the scenes sort of stuff and you're, you're seeing the the actual universe and a process have been built and some things maybe been renamed here and there along the line. Love that sort of stuff right up my alley. So, uh, yes, that's going to do it for this episode. Tasty one. And I have destroyed it for you completely. And I should get used to saying spoilers at the start of these podcast episodes. But, uh, yes, the original series, in my mind, is one of these, you know, it doesn't matter whether you know the episodes or not. They're just a joy to watch the vast, vast majority of them. Just the same as the Next Generation Voyager DS9 and even Enterprise. Um why am I saying even Enterprise? Enterprise was great. But uh yes, the rewatchability of these old shows are phenomenal. So uh yes, once again I just wanna say I apologize for the show been on hiatus for as long as it has been. But we're back now, we're gonna be going daily and I'm gonna try my hardest to steady and upload schedule of nine PM GMT and if the episode doesn't get out by 9pm GMT just know that it's going to be running late and it will be out at some point the night it's due to be out so uh, I'm spinning a lot of plates at the minute I'm still trying to find my feet and get a good balance between everything that I'm doing between the podcasts uh, the vlog channels over on YouTube and indeed working full time so uh Hope you enjoyed it, guys, and until the next episode, stay safe, and I will talk to you all then. This has been a production of Coins Edge Media. Thank you so much for listening.